0: We my sin for the ransom
1: for me Luke 17 and verse starting verse 20 I'm going to read to the end of the chapter It says and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come he answered them and said the kingdom of god cometh not with observation neither shall they say lo here or lo there for behold the kingdom of god is within you so he you know he said that you know they asked him about the kingdom of god and he said it, the kingdom of god is not with observation in other words it's not a visible kingdom it's not not visible it's not like the kingdoms of this world you know the kingdoms of the world build armies uh build em- visible empires um but that's not. He said it is within you. It's a spiritual kingdom. And, uh, and, uh, and of course, that is a result of a new birth. You know, Romans tells us in Romans 14 that it's not meat and drink, but righteousness and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom of God is. It is a kingdom. Uh, for example, in John chapter 18, when he's standing before Pilate, and Pilate asked him, John 18, verse 36, Pilate asked him, verse 35, Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation, chief priest, hath delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. So, uh, you know, we, often we talk about the kingdom of Christ. Many times we're referring to the millennium. And that is going to be a visible kingdom. But the kingdom right now is within you. It's not with observation. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So that's the way he's referring to it when he says the kingdom of God is within you. But and then in verse 22, he said unto his disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here or see there. Go not after them nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteth out of the one part unto the heaven shineth unto the other part unto heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away, and he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinded together, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, Thither will the eagles be gathered together. So, we'll look this morning at some characteristics or indications of the Lord's return. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for this opportunity and privilege to ours to be assembled together and to open thy precious word. Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts, challenge us, bring conviction where conviction is needed. And Lord, we pray that you help us to be. Uh, aware and to be wise concerning the times and days in which we're living. Help us to be prepared for the coming of the day of God. And so, Lord, just pray as you just speak to our hearts and encourage us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There is some confusion, of course, much confusion, I would say, probably, about the second coming of Christ. Uh, it is in two stages as we think about the second coming. Most people, when they talk about the second coming, referring to when he comes to set up his millennial kingdom. And, of course, that will be after the tribulation period. And we call that the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's going to reveal himself to the world and to Israel in particular at the end of the tribulation period. He's going to destroy the, 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 the nations of the world and going to set up his kingdom. However... Uh, before that he 's going to come in the air. Uh, we call this the rapture uh, of the saints and he 's going to you know those that have died in the Lord are going to be resurrected and 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 we, which are alive and reign will be caught up and that that word caught up there means raptured or snatched away we 're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the lord that 's the rapture he 's not going to appear he 's not going to reveal himself to all the world he 's going we 're going to meet him in the air. So there's two stages of the will, and and part of this, I believe, and many passages like this, for example, Matthew 24, I believe has some characteristics or the of both parts. Uh, for example, here he says, he said unto the disciples, the days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. And then he talks about, uh, the day where lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under the heaven, shineth unto the other part of the heavens, so shall also the man of, uh, son of man be in his day. Now, when it's talking about the lightning there, and, you know, you know, the whole world will see the lightning, that's referring to when he comes and is going to set up his kingdom. All the world's going to see him. And they which pierced him shall mourn, Zechariah tells us. So some of this is, you know, I believe referring to the revelation. Some of I believe, is referring to the rapture. And so it can be confusing. But these are indications to us or characteristics of what the days are going to be like before our Lord's return. And and I want you to notice uh, four things here I have. First of all, it will be a day or days of false prophecies. In in, uh, verse 23 it says, And they shall say to you, See here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. In 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 the in a parallel passage in Matthew chapter twenty four, Matthew twenty four, uh, verses five and verse eleven in that chapter it says Matthew twenty four five: For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Verse eleven again: And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Uh, so there's going to be a an escalation, you might say, of false prophets and false prophecies. False preaching is going to be greatly escalate prior, right prior to his coming. Uh, religion is growing in the world. You know, some people think, you know, well, Christianity isn't. Well, that depends on how you describe what Christianity is. Now, biblical Christianity is not growing uh, uh, to a great extent. Uh, what's growing faster is the false religions of the world. Islam is the fastest growing religion of the world. It's a false religion based upon works. Uh, we are, well, I believe we are living in a, a you know, in a in days of apostasy. Now, again, religion is growing, but yet think of this: belief in absolutes is not. It's declining. So if Christianity is growing, should not the idea or the belief in absolutes be growing absolutely, because God is God of absolutes. God's truth is not subjective, it is objective. it does not change. it's not based upon experiences, it's based upon what saith the Lord and so there's this there's this great escalation of religion and 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 uh, and, and in the world, but yet not Bible belief. there's lots of perversions. Uh, The Bible talks, of course, a lot about this in 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, which we went through here a couple months ago. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, talking about before the Antichrist appears. He says in verses 1 through 3, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as if the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So, so he, he told the 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 church at Thessalonica before the Lord comes and before the antichrist can be revealed. There's going to be a falling away. Uh, and and he, he talked about this with Timothy in Second Timothy chapter four. Second Timothy, I'm, far, I'm sorry, First Timothy chapter four, verses one and two. He says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. You see, we get all kinds of gospels in the world today. We got the social gospel of liberalism, where they send missionaries, quote-unquote, out into the world to go to teach people how to farm better. How to have better hygiene. In fact, I, I uh, in, you know, in the, uh, Mennonite conference, of the church that I was in growing up, you know, they're in, they're in a conference. They don't call it the domination, they call it a conference. Anyway, I was aware of a, a man who was in one of those churches and he, uh, went to, uh, New, Papua New Guinea as a missionary and he went to the Mennonite Central Committee, I was told, to apply for missionary service and they asked him his purpose of going. And he said it was to preach the gospel. And they would not send him. They are not to be sent to proselyte and to preach the gospel and see the salvation of the soul. They're supposed to go and do social work. See, that's the gospel of liberalism. Uh, we have the works gospel of the Catholics. You know, there's hundreds of different ways you get saved as a Catholic. You know, maybe by being baptized. In fact, I have a lady tell me, she's Pentecostal yesterday. She gives back, when she was baptized, she had her sins washed away. That's the gospel of works. Uh, There's the works gospel. We have the the e- emotional gospel of the charismatics. We have the theater gospel of Willow Creek. We have the easy believism of the New Evangelicals and a lot of Independent Baptists. We have the uh, the Hollywood gospel of Andy Griffith and Beverly Hillbillies Bible studies. We have the uh, Christian athletes gospel of of Peyton Manning and Tim Tebow and those types who who not sure you know or won't say anything about alternate lifestyles or, or, or that sort of thing uh, we got this all positive love gospel of Joel Osteen and, and, and those that even that, that deny that Jesus was the Messiah one of the most popular preachers in America John Hagee saying that Jesus did not claim to be the Messiah therefore the Jews you know, were kind of justified in putting him to death we have the date setters so you get a gospel of any time, any kind you like, in the world today, along with all the false religions and cults, and so we have a, a great escalation of religious apostasy in our day. Uh, secondly, uh, they, these will be days of pleasure. Notice verses 26 to 32. It says, "And as it was in the days of Noah." So it shall be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also was it in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, let me ask you a question. What's wrong with eating? What's wrong with drinking? If you don't do either one, you're going to be in bad shape. Those are necessary things in life, are they not? There's nothing wrong with eating and nothing wrong with drinking. Is there something wrong with getting married? I think it's pretty good myself. In fact, the Bible says marriage is honorable in all. Hebrews 13, 4. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord, Proverbs tells us. So there's nothing wrong with getting married. Marriage is a good thing. God's ordained marriage for to the, for the raise up a righteous seed in the earth. So there's nothing... These are things that people are to do every day in everyday life. But yet it says that these were... Like it was in the days of Noah, and they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day they entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. So what was the problem with Well, it was a day, not just of eating and drinking and getting married, but a day of pleasure in that they they had the idea of self-sufficiency, doing it without God, kind of like the the man in in uh, in in, in uh, Luke's gospel here where he talks about you know he's going to build barns his bigger barns and he can store all his goods so he can set back and eat drink and be merry see there was no thoughts in these people's lives about what does God think about who I marry or when I marry there was no thought in their lives about, what does God think about what I eat, or when I eat? In fact, look at uh, Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49. <clears throat> Ezekiel 16:49. Ezekiel 16, verse 49 says this, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before thee, for me, I'm sorry, therefore I took them away as I saw good. So the iniquity of Sodom is pride, fullness of bread and abundance of idleness. They didn't need God. They were self-sufficient. They lived for pleasure. They didn't live for God. They didn't give any thought to God. They didn't care about God. God is not in all their thoughts or in any of their thoughts. You know, do we give thought to what God thinks about who we marry, when we marry, how it's to go about, it, or what we eat or what we drink? Well, First Corinthians ten thirty one. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 10 31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So these were days of pleasure, of self sufficiency. They gave no thought to God. They did everything that was right in their own eyes. Uh, go back to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19. Kind of like the, uh, you yeah, know, that's the. Uh, key verse in the book of judges is everyone did that was right right in his own eyes and that's the that's the philosophy of these people during the days of lot during the days of noah in genesis 19 i do not read all this for sake of time but you know the story well it says in verse 5 and they called on the lot and said unto him where are the men which came in to thee this night bring them out unto us that we may know them lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him And said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And notice the, the response. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came into sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. So, so Lot says, do not so wickedly. And their attitude was, who do you think you are? Now, Lot was telling them what was right in the eyes of God. What they were about to do was wicked in the eyes of God. And so he was speaking out against their wickedness. He was giving them, if you will, a word of righteousness, although he muddled it by offering his daughters. But they took no heed to that. They had no respect for the authority of the word of righteousness. Anti-authority. Attitude that nobody's telling me what to do, not government, not church, not parents, not anybody. I'll do what I want, take what I want, when I want. Sound familiar? Yeah, you know, that's not just the attitude out in the world. That's an attitude that's crept into churches. You know, a lot of independent Baptists, they don't care what you say about music. They're going to listen to what they want to. They don't care what you say about dress. They're going to do what they want to do. They don't care what you say about being faithful to the house of the Lord. They're going to do what they want to do. Oh, you you think about seeking the will of the Lord. Oh, well. My business, what I do. You see, they did that which is right in their own eyes and gave no thought to what the Lord said. It was also characterized by covetousness or materialism. Notice verses 31. And 32, it says, In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Now, when you when he talks about saving your life, it's, it's, it's living your life for yourself and seeking the things of this world for yourself and if you're not willing to give those up he said you're going to lose your life but if you're willing to give up your own life, your own ambitions, your own desires for the Lord, you're going to save your life of course and you have everlasting life but there's this attitude or this, this, these are days of, of, of covetousness or material, materialism And of course, it it says to remember Lot's wife. Now, what did Lot's wife do? Of course, we know that the the angel of the Lord, the angels came to, to Lot and said, told him to get out of this place. And he said, they said, don't look back. Don't look back. And Lot's wife looked back. And she became a pillar of salt. Now what's wrong with looking back? She was looking back and longing for the things that she had in Sodom. Her heart was set on the things of Sodom. Not on obeying the word of the Lord. All the, you know. You know, Lot was a very rich man. He became very wealthy in Sodom. I'm sure they had many worldly possessions. She probably had one of the nicest houses in Sodom. Prestige and honor that went along with it from the world. Financial stability and all those things. First John two fifteen tells us, "Love not the world; things the things that are in the world." If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You know did she had possessions there, but she had children. She had children. Now, we don't know for sure how many children Lot had, but we have a good indication because Abraham went all the way to ten in praying for the deliverance of Lot. So it's believed that there were ten in his family, including the in-laws. And of course, he went to his sons and his daughters that were married and talked to them, and they just laughed to scorn. You know. And so she left some children there in Sodom. And her heart was on her children, not on the Lord. Go to Matthew chapter ten. Matthew chapter ten. Matthew ten, verse thirty seven. <clears throat> he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me and he that taketh not his cross and falleth after me is not worthy of me he that findeth his life shall lose and he that loses his life for my sake the same shall find it uh, so he says he that loveth you know of course we're not to hate, supposed to hate our uh, but we're not we're supposed we're not supposed to hate our our husbands and our wives and our children, but we're supposed to love the Lord more than them. She left behind some children, probably grandchildren, in Sodom. And the Lord said, remember Lot's wife. You know, I believe that this is telling us that Lot's wife had more love for her children than she did the Lord you know when you love your children more than you do the Lord you'll allow them to do things that displease the Lord you know, I've often said this what a parent Really believes about the Bible and about sin is displayed most on what they will allow or tolerate in their children. Because if you really hate sin, if you really fear the consequences of sin, you will, and the Bible uses this word, so I'm going to use it, you will beat it out of your children. spare the rod he that spareth his rod hateth his son of course the bible tells us so so these were days of pleasure they lived to please themselves you know there's anything wrong with getting married not there's anything wrong with eating and drinking but it was without thought for god at all isn't that where we are in america isn't that where we are in the world There's no thoughts, of God. Thirdly, it's a day of, for sake of a better word, to get my P. Day of picking. No, you now, not picking at, but of choosing, of choosing. Notice verse thirty-four. I tell you in that night, there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken the other left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken the other left. Two men watching television, both left. No. Um, (laughs) But here here you find three instances he gives. One's at night. The others are sometime during the day. That, to me, indicates that that this is going to happen all at the same time, of course, if you... You know, you think about the world, there'll be darkness in some places and light in others. But I believe that this is referring to here, commentators don't agree, and I disagree with some of them, agree with others. But uh, I believe this here, he's talking about the rapture, which is going to happen before the Lord's going to be revealed to the, to the world. Uh, of course, we're going to go up and meet him in the air. And so it's a, it's a day of, of picking, you might say, or selection. Uh, and only those that are saved will be delivered or taken out of this world before God's judgment is poured out upon this world in what we call the tribulation period. Uh, of course, the, you know, the Bible tells us about that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 where it says we'll be caught up. But in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9 it says, For God hath not appointed us, that is, those of us that are saved, unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And then again in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 10, Revelation 3 and verse 10, speaking to the church at Philadelphia, he says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And, of course, Revelation 4.1 talks about it, uh, being, John being caught up, picture there of the rapture. So it's going to be death picking. God's going to take out those that know him as their Lord and Savior, have assurance of eternal life. And we'll be delivered from the wrath to come. But not only that, number four, it's days of preparation. Notice again, verse 26. And so as it was, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day... He which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Now why is the Lord telling us all this? Why is he telling us all this? You know, I believe he's telling us this so that we can be prepared. So we can be prepared. Paul, the apostle, of course, through the Holy Spirit, told the church at Thessalonica about the rapture because he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to understand. I want you to be prepared. I don't want you to be ignorant. Uh, for example, uh, look also in Luke chapter 21. It says, it's, a uh, again, a uh, similar passage to Luke 17. In Luke 21... In uh verse thirty six It says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this work, of this life. And so that day, again he's talking about the coming of the Lord, that day come upon you unawares, for as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And in the daytime he was teaching in the temple. And in the night he went out and abode in the Mount of Olives. That is called the Mount of Olives. So again he says you know, to take heed. And he says to watch therefore. Watch. Don't be taken unawares. Don't be unprepared for this time. In Matthew 24. Again he tells them several times in that passage. To Watch. To watch, to watch, be prepared. Well, how do I prepare? How do I prepare? Well, of course the first thing to prepare for this day, you must have had a time in your life when you repented of your sins. And put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. You know, again, God hath not appointed us. And when he says that word us there, he's referring to those who are saved. Unto wrath. John three thirty six says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. John three eighteen. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So the first thing you need to do to repair is to repent of your sin. And put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. Second thing you need to do is to examine your own heart. Look at Matthew 24. Look in Matthew 24. We need to examine our own hearts before the Lord. Matthew 24. Verse 42 and 43. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But this know, that if a good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. So we're to examine our own heart. Here's the illustration here of a, of a what, uh, um. Uh, a goodman of the house or the owner of a house if he would have watched if he had known what hours the thief was coming he would not have had his house broken up broken into and the idea is here we need to be watching and preparing for what's coming just like a thief we don't know when it is But when he does come, we're going to, be to go to be with him and we're going to stand before – if we're saved, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of what we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil, whether it's good or worthless. And so we need to examine our own hearts. We need to, we're watching and searching our own hearts, making needed changes. In preparation for that coming, you know, John tells us in First John chapter three, "He that hath this hope in him, purifieth himself, even as he is pure." So, first thing we need to do is, you know, make sure we're saved. Secondly, examine our own hearts, and then the third thing is to be simply, faithfully serving the Lord. Luke uses a word in one of his the parable the talents of occupy. Now, I might say this morning that Bradley's occupying this front corner seat right here, you know, a middle seat. He's occupying. He's just sitting there. But the word occupy there uh, has to do with, with, with being about your business. I'm told that it comes from a word which means sweatcloth. And Matthew tells us here, in verses 46 and 47, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods, but if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, to begin to smite his fellow servants, to eat and drink with the drunken, and so on and so forth. So he finds him so doing. You see, God wants us, you know, there are some people, you know, back in 2000, you know, they talked about the uh, the Y2K thing. You remember that? You know, people were buying grains, whole grains and storing it up and storing up food. And there were some people that, you know, sold all their belongings and, and went and lived in a mountain somewhere and, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Because we were going to have this great crash and the Lord was coming, you know. It's not what we're supposed to do. No, we're just supposed to be continually, faithfully serving the Lord. Going about our everyday life. uh, Everyday life. Witnessing for the Lord. Being faithful in the house of God. Learning and growing in Him. That's what the Lord wants us to do. So, as we think about it, the second coming of Christ, you know, they are they are going to be characterized by days of false prophecies. We see that on every hand. Days of pleasure. People just living for themselves. We heard about that in Sunday school class this morning. That's what Jeroboam lived for. He lived for himself. Days of picking or selection. But there are also days... Of preparation for us. You know, Luke 21.28 says this. And when these things. Begin to come to pass. Then look up. And lift up your heads. For your redemption. Draweth nigh. Now I'm not a date setter. I don't know when the Lord's coming. But I do believe this. It could be. Any time. And I believe it's near. Are we prepared? Are you saved? Are you in the family of God? Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus to save you from your sin? If you are, are you preparing your own heart and life? Seeking the Lord's face. Seeking to live to please him. You know, we're... We are in, if you're saved, we are in a kingdom. That means we have a king. That, we, that means we have a master, one whom we are to serve. And That is the Lord Jesus Christ. So are you prepared for the Lord's coming?